welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. He is more than God's presence. He is a person. And he was there in the very beginning at the foundations of the earth. In Genesis 1 verse 2, it talks about the Holy Spirit. So if you, have, if you ever wonder about, well, the Old Testament doesn't talk about the Trinity. Actually, it does. Let me explain. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. You do hear that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. He was present. He was there in physical being. Now, the word God in Genesis is Elohim. And this is the Hebraic plural form of the word, which means that there was more than one God present at the time that the earth was formed. That speaks right there to the Trinity. God, the Holy Spirit is God, and God is the Holy Spirit. Now, he is a person, and you can relate to him. You can speak to him. You can pray to him. You can, you can show love to him, express love to him. I find that it's interesting that when we talk about, I mean, the churches, churches all around, are, are, we talk freely about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the Catholic Church. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But why is it that the Holy Spirit is kind of the last guy to talk about, and he's kind of off in the corner? That's a, we can't have that. I mean, honestly, we bring people to salvation through Jesus Christ, and we say, you are now saved. You accepted Christ as your Savior, and now... Get on out there, read your Bible, everything will be all right. And we put the Holy Spirit is as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like a separate thing. We say that when you're saved, you have access to the Holy Spirit, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is almost like, uh, well, you're saved now, but we're going to give you a little bit of a buffer because, you know, with regards to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we separate it for some reason. I don't know why we do this. I think there's people with uncomfortable, they're not comfortable or they're not sure. They may hesitate a little bit about how, and I'm talking about all of us here. Who has had the opportunity to bring someone to Jesus? If you have, you know the joy when someone says, Jesus is my Lord. But then when it comes to the deeper relationship with God, we just go, uh. I could show you what a deeper relationship with the Lord is through the word. I mean, obviously, guys, just grab the Bible because that's all we do. It is not wrong. We should be in the word. We need the word. But I would be offended if I were God if we just left it there. If I were God, because being open to the Holy Spirit means that you are being open to God. And adversely speaking, if you resist the Holy Spirit and resist the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're, you're resisting God. I had to really think about that in my own life. In Matthew seven twenty three, I believe there's a little bit of correlation to what Jesus says in Matthew seven twenty three, when he says, and I told him, depart from me, for I never knew you. The Spirit of God never knew you. That's a sobering thought. I've always wondered about that. What does that mean? Well, you could say, Lord Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior, but then you've got to go beyond that to have relationship. And um, I believe that every one of us gets to have that relationship that depth, we can't go on without a deeper relationship with the Spirit of God. Before we go into what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, I want to show you why we actually, or the function of the Holy Spirit, and there's some uh, slide points that I want to bring up here, some verses. I'm going to give you some homework Grab a pen and paper, write these down, take your phone out, take a snapshot, 
grab this and do some homework on this later. This is incredibly important for your understanding of what the Holy Spirit has come for, for every believer. In John 16, 8, verses 8 through 11, it says uh, that he convicts, the Holy Spirit convicts. In 16, 12 through 15, it talks about illumination, like he illuminates wisdom and truth to us. He will take what is mine and disclose it to you. That is something powerful that Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit will do. He will take what is the Lord's and he will give it to you. Jesus, I mean, when I heard this, I read this over and over and over, and I got to tell you, I got excited because everything that is Jesus is now ours through the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into a little bit more of what that means. But he teaches, he guides, he assures, he intercedes, he directs, and he warns. That, to me, is a pretty huge relationship. That sounds like your best friend. That sounds like your teacher and best friend. That's the person who's with you at all times. If he's warning you, he's there. He knows what's happening ahead of time and guides you in that, right? He directs. I want to live a directed life, a life where the Lord just leads me where he... I mean, guys, I have tried to make up a vision for my life. Who's tried to make vision for your life and found yourself going, what the heck? (laughs) Why didn't this pan out the way it was supposed to? Because we're not listening to the Holy Spirit. That's why. Because the Spirit knows and guides us. He leads us in the way of truth and leads us for a greater purpose. He, he works out his purpose through us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll be honest with you. The Holy Spirit could fall on you without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Whoa, what? We read in the Old Testament many times about David, who was full of the Holy Spirit to do a certain thing. Right? We see that with different prophets, that the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they begin to say, you may not have experienced maybe a baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you're walking with Jesus, so you're his. So he will use you and, 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 and uh, give you his presence when he needs to accomplish something. But there's something that we can do by receiving him now intentionally. He is there for us. I'm going to get into this a little bit more. Um, some of you guys have experienced the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit by going to maybe a spirit-filled church, charismatic church. Who here has any kind of charismatic background? A few of us. Awesome. Cool. Me too. Um, and we, have you guys ever been like, whoa, this is really weird? <laughs> you know, people are shouting out in tongues at the top of their, vo- their, their mouth. People are falling over, all over the place. Running around with streamers. <laughs> That's more the 90s than really a spirit-filled church, but I mean, hey, whatever. I am not going to take a lot of time to go into doctrine of what some churches believe is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in, a, in, a, in, a, in an individual's life. We are going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit next week. I will tell you what you're going to experience by receiving the baptism. But I will say that the Holy Spirit does things differently than we do things. And as a Foursquare church, we not only believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we teach it and we exemplify it. We live it out. And if we have, if you've never heard this before, you're going to hear it more often because we desire to be a church that is full of the Spirit of God. It's going to change the landscape. It's going to change the landscape of our lives and of our church and of the impact that we have in our community. Let me tell you what the Foursquare Church believes, though. The Holy Spirit is a deposit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a deposit of a spirit among all of his believers to live a Christ-exalted life. Everything that the Spirit does, he does to glorify his Son. That's why I find 
I wasn't going to do this here, but whatever. <laughs> I'm going to do it here now. I believe that there are churches that focus so much on the gifts that you, they've missed Christ completely. And there's so much utter chaos that is fleshly, that is with full ambi- ambition. The people have, have a great ambition to explore the gifts of the Spirit that they run p- people over and develop a doctrine that is not godly, that is not biblical. Let's just put it that way. Doctrines based on being slain in the spirit. Does anybody know what that is? And if you've, been, if you've experienced that, I'm not judging you. Because I believe that when you're in the presence of God and the power of God comes on you and you feel him and you get weak in the knees and you... That's, that's, the, that's the power of God on top of you. And what are you going to do? Try to stand up? <laughs> like, listen, that's weird, right? But when the spirit of God comes on you, you can't help it. But I'm not going to create a doctrine on it. Because nowhere in the Bible do you find being slain in the Spirit. But what you do find is people coming under the presence of God and being crippled and put it on their faces. It's a totally different thing. So, I think because of that, some people have a little bit of hesitation to go deeper with, in, in a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, we cannot please God. Amen? Your, your works, you can't please God. So that's why he's come. He's, he's come to fill us. And uh, like I said earlier, that people feel, people, there's, there's some camps that believe that, this, that you are baptized in the Holy Spirit when you come and accept Christ. But we are going to show you that... Um, that's not necessarily true. You have access to the Holy Spirit. Let me show you a little story here. It's, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty vivid story. I was praying, God, would you show me something that I can relate to others with regards to what, it, what the difference is between accepting Christ, accepting Jesus, accepting the full trinity, God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ on the day of salvation. And what's the difference between that and being baptized in the Holy Spirit? And he showed me, a, a, it's actually biblical. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came and he unlocked a very powerful relationship. In the days of the tabernacle with Israel, you guys might be reading this right now as we're going through, ugh, what book is that? Leviticus and Numbers. Yeah, Numbers we're in now. About the temple and about the Holy of Holies. And this is one of those places that you could not enter into the Holy, Holy, the Holy of Holies without being spotless, without being the high priest. You were assigned, it was only you, and you walked into the Holy of Holies. In fact, they, roped, they, they put a rope around you because if you didn't dress right, you were dead. Not because God was mean, it was because the presence of God demanded such purity. And so, well, you know, it was a very, oh, I didn't put on his robe right, you know. I mean, the jewels and gems and just, it was, a, it was a, uh, a special attire that the, the high priest only was allowed to, to wear. But it, was, it didn't just leave, it wasn't just in that. There were many other things that made it possible for the high priest to enter into the Holy of Holies. But it was designated for one person. So what Jesus was showing me was that when you accept Jesus Christ, you are now allowed into the Holy of Holies. And Jesus made the way for you to have relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. So he's the doorway. Now we have access. Now how, how deep into the room are you going to go? How deep into that room of the Holy of Holies are you going to go? And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you enter into a deeper relationship with the Spirit of God and you say, I'm I'm leaving all of who I am. Again, baptism in water, that that was of repentance. 
In Matthew 30, uh, 3, verse uh, 11, Matthew 3, verse 11, he says, As for me, this is John the Baptist talking, I baptize you with wa- the water of repentance. But he, Jesus, who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah. And I got so excited, and I was like, what's fire? Let's go to the Bible and look at what's the word for fire? What's the meaning behind that? Why the Holy Spirit and fire? Well, real quick, you can t- I could tell you that the Spirit of God came in, in a pillar of fire when he was leading the Israelites. Okay, it's a symbolization. He came before Moses in a burning bush. Fire associated with, there's more to it than that. So I was wondering, God, being my charismatic self, coming out of a very charismatic, hanging from the chandelier kind of church, what did the fire symbolize? And I thought, oh, it's, it's, it's got to be that time when you just feel the warmth come over you and you're like in the presence of God. And I'll be honest with you, you do feel that from time to time. You do feel his presence like he's a person standing right next to you. Kind of like when I'm standing next to my wife and we could feel our presence. That's the Holy Spirit can come on you just like that. However, I went into the Greek and I looked up the word fire in its por. P-Y-R, don't ask me why, it's por, but it is. And the word for fire means specifically fire, that's it. And I was like, really? (laughs) But then I got into it a little bit more. And honestly, in the book of um, Zechariah, Malachi, Jeremiah, Revelations, this is a metaphorical, and I think also literal, explanation of what God does when the presence of God comes upon us. In these books, the prophecies talk about cleansing the body of Christ through fire. It is a purification. He takes out the wickedness from the individual. He takes out the wickedness from our lives and from the body of Christ and purifies us. That's why we must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe, too, that the Word of God is, very, uh, is a huge part of this. The, the Word of God convicts, but it's the Holy Spirit that brings the conviction. Because I know many people who read the Bible, but they aren't convicted. But the Holy Spirit brings conviction. So it's, it's a process that includes both the Word that sets you free and the Spirit of God that purifies I want you to hear this. In Jeremiah 31, verse 33, you guys could write this one down. This is, this is to me, a pinnacle verse, and I don't have it up here. But Jeremiah 31, 33, I, this is God speaking. I will put my law within them and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is a prophecy. And we're going to look into the book of Acts right now to look at the day of Pentecost this is a very special day that had tremendous meaning. It's a, a huge parallel between the impartation of the word in the Old Testament and the impartation of the word in the New Testament. In Acts 2, verse 1, it's up on the screen. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to, to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We know that your personal prayer language, a language of angels, is given to the individual. It is a, it's a gift. It's not the same as we're, we're, and I don't want to go too much into this because this is next week. I don't want to ruin next week. But 
it, it, when, you, when you pray in tongues, that, that is a sign, not the sign, a sign of the outpouring of the presence of God. There are many, many other signs. But why did this happen at the day of Pentecost? Like what, what, see, Luke speaks to the aspect of the fact that Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fulfilled, when it had come to fruition, Luke was telling us that this was about the same time that the Jews were celebrating their feast to uh, celebrate and the remembrance of when Moses came off Mount Sinai with the, with the tablets, the Ten Commandments. This is why this is so important. At that point in time, Moses came off the mountain with the Ten Commandments, and he had the Word of God to give to the people. And he glowed. His face shone so bright, they told him, cover your face. Like, I can't even look at you. And see, when the Spirit of God comes and you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have now the impartation, what Jeremiah speaks about, writing the law within your heart. I find that the churches, again, the churches that um, focus so much on the gifts to the point where they're making stuff up, It's not God-honoring. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be anywhere around that. And then there's huge sin. Almost a lot of these huge um, movements come with a trail of destruction behind it. I'm I'm speaking specifically from a um, personal experience. The people that sought after the experience of the Holy Spirit, not not seeking out God, They went from church to church to church to church, just leaving a line of destruction, not caring about the people around them. The Spirit of God glorifies Him, the Son. That's the kind of church you want to be a part of. I'm not speaking bad of any churches by name or anything, but by doing. And then, therefore, also in the same respect, when you go to a church that doesn't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, again, you still have great struggles with people just, they, they cannot get out of sinning because the Spirit of God gives you the ability and the power not to sin. It's a pretty bold statement. <laughs> but it's true. And I'll tell you why. Because his law was written on your heart. He's entrusted something to you that is so powerful. And if we truly live in the presence of the Spirit of God, again, what did I say at the very beginning? If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you feel like you need a personal revival, that means you need to be in relationship with the Spirit of God right now. Now, the word baptism is a very dramatic word. It's um, baptizo, or baptizo. So it almost sounds like a deep, that's just for me, that's, sorry. Baptizo. And the, and the word is literally to be immersed. It, it means to cause to perish, like that of a man who drowns in the water or a ship that sinks in the sea, to be immersed. And it comes from the root word bapto, which basically means to dip, to die, like in a big dive vat, to, to be immersed. There's a change and a transformation at that moment. And, and Luke uses those, this term for two reasons. One, he speaks to the aspect of quantitative pouring out of the Spirit of God. In the Old Testament, you remember that when the Spirit of God came upon a person, it was done in a measured form, uh, like Elijah and Elisha. Elisha prayed for a double portion of the Spirit of God that was on Elijah. It was a portion. But in John, the book of John, Jesus talks about the fact that he will pour out his Spirit without measure. To think that you have access to the Holy Spirit to give you the ability to do above and beyond what Elisha and Elijah has done. I think we sometimes really take ourselves uh, so seriously and don't believe in the power of God in such a way that we could actually do that. Raise a child from the dead. Heal 
the signs and wonders that glorify God's name. All of those things. Again, when he heals someone, he heals someone because, yes, he loves that individual, but he better give glory to the Son of God. It's not to prop up some minister and ministry. Amen? This is a direct fulfillment of what Joel says, the, the prophet Joel, in the book called Joel. Chapter 2, 28 through 29. And it, and it will come about after this, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. He destroyed class. He destroyed a ranking structure that we created. He destroyed it all and said, all of my people are important to me. Every single man, woman, and child young and old, will have the same presence of God poured out on them. And the second reason why Luke uses this term baptism is because it literally means when you are baptized, that means you have to die to yourself, right? We talk about that in baptism of water. You go into the water, you come out a different person. You've baptized. You are no longer the same person. You come out different. There is an aspect of dying to yourself that you must do to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That means the way that we think are not his thoughts. Therefore, we have to submit our mind to the presence of God and the way he does things. That's why when we go to a service where you see the, the, the Spirit of God moving so freely, or you're praying for someone and the Spirit of God is just like all over your conversation. You're like, what did I just say? I have no idea what I just said. But somehow that ministered to that person. They, they received Jesus or they got healed. And then you're just, you're just like, that was totally God. Those are the times. That's the evidence of the Holy Spirit having been baptized. You've been baptized, immersed, and you came out new because, again, it's not your thoughts. It's his thoughts. It's kind of like this. Everybody knows the name Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm just bringing it up. Iron Man. So, Tony Stark, normal average looking guy. You know, um, he has a thing stuck in his chest. But the, the, the idea is that he's a weakling until that, all that armor comes upon him. And, it's, it, 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 and did you notice that there's a relationship between Tony Stark and that thing? It talk, they, they talk back and forth. He's getting direction. He's giving direction. Not that we give the Holy Spirit direction, but it was, it, there was a purpose designed for that, that suit of armor to accomplish a mission. And in the same way, when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are then clothed with power from on high to live out a mission that Jesus Christ has called each and every one of us. Every one of us who have accepted Jesus Christ has this mission. To glorify Jesus. And we cannot live a Christ-exalted life without the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. See, we are filled with empowerment and with boldness. I want to read a few, few uh, verses to you right now that talk about the, the being filled with empowerment and boldness. Boldness to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around you. You wonder if you, know, you get scared, intimidated, bringing Jesus into relationships. I certainly was, and I grew up in the church but when the power of God comes upon you, you're able to do above and beyond what you're capable of doing. In Acts 4.8, Peter is again filled with the Holy Spirit, speaks with such power that the Jewish leaders are amazed at his boldness. You could read Acts 4.8. In spite of being relatively uneducated. Because remember, Peter was the fisherman. He was not Paul, the rabbi, the, the man who had great understanding. Peter was an average Joe. In Acts 4.31, um, the, the 
the disciples spoke the word of God with extraordinary boldness in Christ-exalting power. In Acts 6, we see Stephen, 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 who was full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and so much so that he was able to share to the point of his death, being the first martyr, and even able, excuse me, to forgive his murderers. Remember that? He said, forgive them. Don't hold this thing against them. And the Holy Spirit just took him from his body. He hit the ground. And what a story. That was boldness. Um, We have martyrs today. We have martyrs today that have been full of the Holy Spirit. And you see it on their faces. I'm still shocked today by the 21 Egyptian Christians who were beheaded in another country in, in Libya and their faces that did not look f- fearful. They were not fighting. They were not struggling. They were filled with peace in the presence of God. And I will not watch those videos. They're out there. I will not watch those videos because I can't stomach it. To, to see such evil take on in human form. But the Holy Spirit is exalted in the midst of peace. The absolute, I mean, again, one of those things that I struggle with, God knows that if something like that was to happen to me, I know that he will be exalted. But man, I'll tell you what, my flesh is like, I'm not getting into that jumpsuit. I'm going to... De- 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 I'm going to make it hard for these guys, right? But that's in my flesh. I'm like, why would you? But see, the Holy Spirit guides and directs us, and he gives us the power to overcome all things, to glorify Jesus in the midst of tremendous, tremendous struggle. So in Acts 9, verse 17, Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit at his conversion, and then he spoke with such extraordinary power that the Jews of Damascus were confounded. And in 1124, I'm just shooting these off. You guys could write them down for even more study of, of what the, the, the empowerment and the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Barnabas was full with the Holy Spirit, and um, Luke mentions that a large, a large company was added to the Lord. Effective evangelism. Okay. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? We need to submit fully to him by dying to ourself, by putting down any obstacles. Anything, any reservation that's in our heart, we need to surrender our ways of doing things and receive his ways. We need to die to our flesh, our expectations and our limitations. And truly live out the aspect of giving your life to Jesus and and pray, wait, and receive. In Acts 19, verse 1, it's so simple. And this is what I'm putting up on the screen. And it happened that while um, Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, um, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. (laughs) And he said, into what then were you baptized? And he said, into John's baptism, the baptism of repentance. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. He, Paul, later on in the scripture it says, and then he, Paul, entered into the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly. The power of God coming upon you to speak boldly about Jesus Do you see how simple it is to receive? Is to know and receive. There's no process or 
It's opening your heart and your minds to him. And we're going to pray. Like when pray Paul to receive the, the presence, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray that today. We want every believer to be full of a relationship with God. Another great example of being able to share with you, um, I know we're running a little late, but it's like a sponge, and I'll make this quick. If you take a regular sponge to wash your car, you know how abrasive that thing feels? But then when you get in, into the water and the soap, all of a sudden it's like, it's exactly what is needed to wash your car. So the presence of God is like that water, and the word is like that soap. you are the conduit for the Holy Spirit to do the work washing that car. It is is an amazing relationship where all of those pieces, because otherwise you just take that, 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 I mean, a lot of us are sometimes that dry sponge on that car paint job, and we just wear, we just wore away that paint job. (laughs) We just keep rubbing on it. And even with the soap, you need to be, uh, you need to absorb the Holy Spirit into your life so that you could be effective for the Lord. Be open to receiving the Holy Spirit. It is a gift. We have, we have to receive it. Because I don't want any one of us to miss the empowerment. Amen? All right, guys, let's, let's get into this. What to expect. I am first going to say this. Then in 1 Corinthians 14, 39 through 40, this speaks to how the gifts of the Spirit are to be exercised. So my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. And when I say decently and in order, I'm not talking about from a man's perspective. I'm talking from a God perspective. In order that brings glory to him that is not full of the flesh but full of the freedom of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Who here prays in a tongue? Awesome. If you don't, don't worry about that. Now it says, Paul says for us to desire those things but that's not the key symbolization of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to put that out right now. If you don't start speaking in tongues today, do not leave here thinking, well, I didn't receive it. No. I want you to know that it is a sign, not the sign. Desire it. I would say, as Paul said, I desire for you to prophesy. Because when you prophesy, you edify the whole body, and that is what this is all about. We desire more prophetic word. When we worship, I'm going to have the worship team come on up and we're going to worship God together. And as we're worshiping, I'm going to lead us through a prayer. And I, if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know that you have received it. I want your hands raised. Awesome. Great. If you have not, awesome. Because what I want us to do, if you desire that, I want, we're all going to stand we can stand even now around you to lift hands and pray for, the, for you, around you. So the laying on of hands, it's what Paul did, right? Paul was a man. He was a man full of the Holy Spirit. And we are, we are in a room of men and women full of the Holy Spirit. And it, there is something special about being in community and the impartation of the Spirit of God. Like he said, I will write my law on your heart. That's what I desire here today. What are you going to expect when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, I know that you will expect a couple things, and that is prophecy. That is a spiritual gift, a spiritual language. If not right here and now, in the future. Because it is a gift, and God is not a God of partiality. Some people get out of this, you know, find a way to cop out. It's a gift for some people, not for me. What makes you so different than anyone else? It's a gift. What am I going to expect? You will be able to pray for people with the power to heal. Again, I can't say it enough. You will have the power to prophesy 
words of knowledge, encouragement, edification to the body. And when I mean that, I'm not talking about getting up here. You can. If God gives you a word for the, for the congregation, you can go through Jesse, Clinton, or myself, or any of the other elders here. You go through them so that when you come up that you're validated and you're not just a crazy person coming up on stage. <laughs> That's called just pastoring in the gifts, right? But I want you to know that when you read the word of God, here's the greatest example of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit will pour out understanding to you. You will feel the presence of God like he is a man. Again, he is a man. He is a person. And you desire, we need to desire that relationship with him so deeply like he's your best friend. So let's pray here. If you're someone that desires the, the power, the empowerment, the full baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to raise your hand. And the people around you, if you see those hands raised, I want you to just lay your hand upon them and believe in agreement with the Spirit of God that you will receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It is here for everyone. If you're here and you're like, you're questioning, did I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I want you just to continue to pray. Father, come and fill me. And if you have been baptized already and you need that personal uh, revival within us, Father God, I just, with every hand raised to heaven, Father God, we ask you, Jesus Christ, Send your spirit of God right now to this congregation, to these believers here, Lord Jesus. I pray right now, Father, for the indwelling spirit of God to fall afresh on these men and women, the people that you love, your people here, Lord Jesus. Pour out, almighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we could expect joy and abundance in joy. Who we are will not be the same today because going into the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are going to come out a new creature, a new creation. Because he's giving you the empowerment to glorify Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. That's the difference. The ability to glorify Jesus in every situation, in any situation that brings glory to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are not going to hold you up or put you in a box, God. If you pour out your spirit and people are just filled with such joy that they can't contain it within themselves, Father God, I pray for that freedom, Lord Jesus, to be shown even here. And if you have your gift, your, your language to pray for one another in the spirit, I want you to pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray and intercede, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, intercede for us on our behalf right now, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. This is your time. Thank you, Jesus. This is your time, Jesus. These are your people, Lord Jesus. Let us believe in our hearts, confess with our tongues, Jesus. Pour out your spirit on Jesus. Thank you.
those of you who have received the Spirit of God in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you have been standing here wrestling in your minds, Lord, what is this? I pray that He shows you. Just like the thousands that were at the day of Pentecost, they were waiting. There's this, this feeling of joy and wholeness that you receive during the fullness, being in the presence of God. And I pray that for each and every one of us to know the fullness and the joy that comes with relationship with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. A friend of mine came up to me and he said, you know, what is it? You know, the, 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 the struggling with this idea of actuality. Like, my existence. Like, have I reached this place where I can feel like I've, I've made it? I've done what I'm supposed to do in my life. You know, that, that place, that pinnacle place where we can say, yes. Like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I've reached that plateau. And, and there is no plateau outside of being in the presence of the Spirit of God. He brings that completeness. He brings that joy. He brings that, it's almost like it doesn't matter where you are in your daily grind, even in the midst of the trials that bring, that's a part of the fire to purify. The Holy Spirit is the essence of His greatest joy upon us. So, Father God, I just thank you for each and every every individual here that has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time. But, Father, for all of us that know the joy of the presence of God, that we would feel your presence walk out of here. God, to be the conduit of the works that you want to do in this world. Jesus. We love you and thank you for this day, for the word of God bringing light upon our walk with you. And we ask Jesus that as we go, that we will speak with boldness, that we will be empowered to live it out in our everyday life. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for this body, for all the volunteers, and uh, for everyone who is here, God. For everyone that gives to a ministry, for supporting everything that's happening here, I just pray a, a, a double portion God, of your blessing upon them in all ways. Thank you, Jesus. We love you and thank you in your name. Amen. Guys, have a fantastic day today. I pray that if you have any questions at all, I'm going to hang around up here. If you have any questions about anything that I said, please come up and let's chat. Um, but it's late. I guess I kept you here way too long. That's my charis- charismatic nature. <laughs> so... Anyways, have a great day, guys. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.